0: you're listening to the valley labor report with david story and jacob morrison
1: the time has come for america to hear the truth we are going to stand with them and not only are we going to fight for their rights we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state in our homes and in our community one day longer
2: one day stronger one day longer one day
1: the future of labor's rights in the United States of America is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. it's not going to be decided on talk radio and it sure it is not going to be decided on Fox News
2: For the union makes us strong.
0: All right, so we are on the air. Um, Like I mentioned at the opening, Gay Henson is the Valleywide President for the Uh TVA Engineering Association. She works for the TVA at the Sequoia Nuclear Station as a project control control specialist and previously spent many years as a health physicist providing radiation protection to workers, the environment, and the public. Gay has served as Valleywide President of the Engineering Association, IFPTE, Local 1937, since 2005. The Engineering Association represents about 2,500 workers at the Tennessee Valley Authority and includes engineers, scientists, technicians, IT professionals, program administrators, and operations support specialists. In 2012, Gay Henson was elected as the Eastern Federal VP for IFPTE and serves uh, U.S. federal employees east of the Mississippi. Paul Sheeran is also on the line. He was unanimously elected international president of the IFPTE. Before coming on full-time with the union, he worked as a numerical control programmer, heading up programming for Boeing's new six-axis water jets used to to cut uh, composite impenage uh, for the first 777 aircraft. Subsequently, he served as the organizing director for IFPTE's largest local, the Society of Professional Engineering Employees in Aerospace, Local 2001, from 1996 until being elected as the union's secretary-treasurer. He ran successful organizing drives in Seattle and Wichita, bringing union representation to over 5,000 employees, and during uh, during their famous 40-day strike in 2000, Sharon was charged with developing the strike plan and actively supporting strike line activities. He also taught as a teaching fellow for the AFL-CIO Organizing Institute and was a guest speaker at the Third International Conference for Professional Engineer and Scientist Organizations in Copenhagen, Denmark in 2003. So that was a long introduction for mm-hmm. both of you, um, and we are incredibly excited to have you all on the line. So the right try again. Let's try okay. Paul
2: and Gay,
0: can you hear me? I'm going
2: to add this call again. Paul and Gay, can you hear me? Add him back in, yeah.
0: I can hear y'all. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. We weren't able to hear you. Okay, (laughs) there we go. Okay, very good, very good. So uh, we we've got everybody on the line. Um, David, we're good on uh, we're good on our end. Everybody, fantastic. So, um, Gay, this would be a. uh, Can you just tell me? what geography uh, your local covers. I know it, it covers um, tw- about 2,500 uh, workers at the TVA. Uh, can, wh- where all uh, does your local represent?
2: Okay, yeah. So uh, most of the workers are in Tennessee and Alabama, and uh, we also have workers in Georgia, Mississippi, Kentucky, a few in Virginia, and North Carolina. So seven states across the Tennessee Valley region.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so with that out of the way, can you walk us through what is happening at, at the TVA regarding the outsourcing?
2: Sure. Um, well, I think it's important to note that TVA outsourced 20 jobs in November. They were management jobs in IT. They were for architects. But, uh, and they used a CDM. It's a process called a contract decision model. And uh, we weren't involved in that contract decision model since the work there was for management, but uh, they're now wanting to outsource and have told the workers they're going to outsource 108 jobs, um, infrastructure and software engineer-type jobs, out of the the entire Tennessee Valley region. Um, That was done under a CDM as well. Um, The process did not go very well, but... Uh, TVA finished that CDM and has decided to outsource that work. But there's an additional CDM that's underway right now in 130 to 150 additional jobs could uh, be outsourced. In fact, we're right in the middle of that model with TVA at this moment. Um, when Whenever this happens, on the first 108 jobs, I mean, I actually did calculations based on salaries. That will equal $47.2 million to... Uh, loss of income to the local economy over the next five years and then the second wave of work will will be a loss of forty point four million dollars of income so a total of just under 88 million
0: right yeah that that's um that that's incredible uh, when I read that Um and, and that you know that was going to be my next question, and you already answered it. Uh, you know what it would mean for uh, for the local economy if TVA actually follows through with this decision to outsource, and just this first uh, first round of layoffs would would be the equivalent of nearly fifty million dollars over five years taken out of the local economy. Um, yeah. Can you talk about um, what it would mean for the TVA? You know what what does it do to the mission? Um, of the TVA if, if they follow through with this outsourcing?
2: Well, as you know, TVA's mission is, is heavily set. I mean, it was created years ago, 1933, to bring economic uh, development to our area, which includes jobs for people. And so in, in my mind, this is totally contrary to TVA's mission. Uh, it, it's like turning its back on its mission in, in a way. I know that the, the TVA brings work, work into the Valley – uh, you know, through businesses and such, but this is one hundred percent anti to that. I mean, it's just not uh, it's not the appropriate thing to do at all. It, it uh, it's like TV has lost its way as far as uh, what its original mission was, and it's acting more like just a business.
0: Right and now, uh, another thing that I didn't even you know as a as a organizer, uh, as someone in, in unions, this isn't something that even crossed my mind. Uh, you know, my first thought is what's going to happen to the local economy, what's going to happen to the workers. Uh, but uh, our representative here in North Alabama, Mo Brooks, uh, he has has been publicly critical of the move. And in his questioning of, of this um, move, he cited national security concerns. Can you talk a little bit about what the security concerns are? Um, Are that come from outsourcing TVA's IT work to foreign companies?
2: Paul, you want you want to take that one? Sure, sure, sure. I'd be happy to.
3: Yeah, now I I say we were we were very happy to see uh, 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 Congressman Brooks's reaction uh, with regards to this. And and I'm going to tell you, this is really. I always like to break things down to their most simplest uh, terms. And if you go. And it, to the uh, to Tennessee the Tennessee Valley Authority, you go know, take a look at the nuclear power plants. When you walk into those facilities, you'll walk through guard gates with with uh, security who are carrying machine guns. You'll go through multiple metal checks. You'll, you're you're you and this is all of the employees and their equipment will will go on a conveyor belt and go through an X ray machine, at which after which point they will be going to enter into the plant. And, where they will continue their work. That's the level of security at that, uh, at, at that level. And now at this point, there, how can you find something that is, needs to be of a greater security than the information technology for the management and the running of the Tennessee Valley Authority in these facilities? So you leave a back door wide open when at the same time you are, um, scrutinizing people, as they should, coming in and out of those facilities. Uh, They also, by the way, for the uh, President Trump, signed an executive order, which was restricting the purchasing of um, electrical generation equipment, so large uh, turbines and such, such that that equipment had to be bought from American manufacturers for fear that inside the equipment b- bought from foreign manufacturers may be internal uh, bugs. So if we if we if we want to leave the back door open, it certainly in this environment is a risk to uh, national security.
2: Right. Yes, and if, if I could if I could add to that, you know, he talked about the access to the buildings, but you know, our power grid is connected to all the software. I mean, our software and infrastructure are our entire uh, business continuity is at risk because, you know, the power grid is connected to all that. The software is all connected to it. it, All of our work processes are interconnected uh, with the software and uh, infrastructure. So uh, it's a big transmission of electricity and power grid. And, and, you know, Watts Bar makes tritium. Uh, So our tritium production as a nation, it comes from Watts Bar Nuclear Plant, which is, you know, to me that's very problematic. Yeah. Um, it's very if, scary. Yeah. You came,
3: if I may just add one more thing with regards to this, to the, the uh, as we know right now, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and, and uh, you know, Lord knows the uh, impact that this is having on shutting down businesses, and, and also you know, having people restricted to homes, and uh, you know, we're we're going to be at pretty, we're going to be at a hundred thousand people dead pretty soon. Um, by outsourcing this work, uh, the Tennessee Valley Authority will be losing control of a large portion of their workforce that, in fact, controls the information technology. Uh, that's, that, 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 I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not running the Tennessee Valley Authority, but that seems like a bad idea to me.
0: Right. You know, speaking of, of um, losing control and, and not understanding the motives, can you just tell us, we, we've got about a minute left before we go off, can you tell us what their stated goal is for outsourcing? Like, why are they saying that they're doing this?
2: Okay. Yes, yeah, so they, this is a, yes, they said that they want to leverage the market, which was confusing to us, but uh, it, leveraging the market would normally mean that you're going to uh, save money somehow. But, I get, but they're telling us it's not a cost savings measure at all. And Liash went on record recently saying that we need to move to take advantage of the new cloud-based technologies, and that's why we're changing the nature of the work and the and, and the. And then Thomas, uh, who's a chief financial officer, said, you know, the fundamental change in business model is so that uh, we can go in-house to contact.
0: Right. And I'll just say we're, uh, we're heading out now, and I'll say some, something else that they said. that uh, They said it's not any fault of the workers. It's just that they don't have the same access to tools. And my thought is, you know, Give them the tools. Give them the tools that they need to do their job and uh, you won't have to outsource it. But anyway, we're heading out. Uh, We're going to be talking to Paul and Gay on the other side of this break. Stay with us. All right. We are back with the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morris and I'm here with David Story and we've got Paul Sheeran on the line along with Gay Henson. How are you all? Good, thank
3: you. Great, how you done?
0: Good. So where we left off, we were talking about um, management's stated goal for the outsourcing and um we we they said that they were trying to leverage the market. And they even mentioned that it's not any fault of the workers. It's just the simple fact that they don't have the same access to tools as this other foreign company does, apparently. And also, uh, the, in one of their um, reports about the performance of the workers, uh, the management said it was nothing short of stellar. So that, that seems to poke a hole in their argument about why they're doing it. So what, what do you see the outsourcing move as?
2: well, I mean, I'm at a loss for why they want to do it. Uh when when they say that uh that this fundamental change they're making to the model of how they do the business is 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 making them requires them to go out uh to to the market to get it, it's just not true. Uh I mean our workers can do this work. In fact we've been trained in the model that they uh are outsourcing to. They just didn't give our workers a chance to do it. So Everything they say makes no sense to me, I, and I don't really know why they're doing it. And I, I, Paul, you want to?
3: Sure, let me let me weigh in on that a little bit because I mean, some of this talk here—you know—we talk leverage, leverage the market, and and, and there are, there are there are a lot of these corporate slogans that get get kind of thrown out there, and 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 when you try to actually define them, I mean, you know, they're they're products of the corporate world and their own internal human resource type facilities, but. The reality behind a lot of this stuff, when you take a look at this outsourcing of this type of work and take a look specifically at other places where it's happened, one of them I'd like to point out is Ontario Power Generation. It's up in in Canada. And Ontario Power Generation outsourced this work. And they they did it to Camp Gemini, with Camp Gemini. One of the companies, by the way, that uh, TVA is contracting with, after a couple of years of that, they pulled that work back into the facility. Because it was a bad idea. And, if you, and um, if you take a look at what had happened down at uh, Southern California Edison, where this type of work also has been outsourced, they haven't pulled it back in yet, but workers at Southern California Edison have to sit at their desks and train foreign H-1B workers to come in and take their jobs, American jobs. And what makes this worse at TVA, at these are not only are these American jobs, but these are jobs that are being paid for with American dollars.
4: Yeah.
3: EVA is a government facility. These companies who are coming in here taking American dollars, uh, are not American companies. And the one that has a base in Virginia is actually, uh, has a headquarters in, in, uh, in Ireland for tax purposes to avoid paying U.S. tax dollars. It's, it's absolutely unconscionable.
2: Yeah. yeah, and, and t- if I can add, TVA is it's Capgemini, CGI, and Accenture that they're wanting to use. Accenture, uh, they keep mentioning that this has all been done out at PG&E. Well, I talked to somebody from our local out there, Local 20, and P- uh, Accenture uh, was one of the companies they used for a while, and they sent them off down the rail because they didn't do a good job for them. So they're not using... Uh, the companies that TBA says are these companies out there like they say they are. In fact, that you can basically say they're not working for, for them for IT work at all out there. So I don't really know what leveraging the market means, except it's the term that TBa has used repeatedly about this work. So,
0: right, It's
2: just wrong. The people can do the work. We should have the work. If yeah. we already have the work, we should do it.
0: Exactly. So, you know, obviously, we, you know, we've been kind of making the case as to why this is the wrong move. And I've seen a lot of outreach uh, from the union with some politicians and the media. Uh, can you talk to can you talk to us about some of that some of that outreach, how it happened and what some of the results have been? Uh, yes,
2: yeah, so we um, most of the Tennessee delegation has been silent until most recently, representatives. Stephen Cohen out of Memphis said, you know, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. And it's actually tying, uh, trying to tie this to the, the, the next uh, COVID relief bill. Um, and we're really grateful for that. We thank him for that. But I'll tell you who stepped up first is Mo Brooks. Followed shortly thereafter by Senator Doug Jones. Hmm. I mean, Doug Jones has done a great job of trying to say that, you know, we built TVA for the, as the economic driver for the region, the Tennessee Valley region during the Great Depression. And now we are uh, headed into another economic uh, huge downturn, maybe even another depression of type, and we're doing it, we're we're not stepping up and he's he's very upset about it. Um there is a representative out of Knoxville, uh Tim Bur- Burkett, and we talked to him, he pledged his support to help us, but that support fell off, and I don't know why. I, I do know that Alexander and and um uh Blackburn out of Tennessee, the Senators are not helping at all and say that Mm. basically TVA should be able to run their own business. Since they don't get appropriations from the federal government, they should be able to just run this this business and that they really don't have any say in it. Mm.
0: That's that's insane. That politicians saying they don't have any control over government agencies. That's that's crazy. But I'm glad to hear that there are some there are some folks that are trying to help you out, like our representative here uh, up in the fifth congressional district in Alabama, our Senator Doug, Doug Jones. Uh, that's really good. Hopefully, uh, there will be some more. Come on, uh, come on board with that. Now, uh, what about uh, some cooperation with some other unions? Uh, David here is the president of a, of a machinist local in Decatur, and he mentioned that the machinists have a local at TVA as well. Uh, have you reached out to them or to any other local unions, to state federations for help, and, and uh, what has the response been, if so?
2: Well, Keith, Farlin, Keith McFarlane here in, in, is in, at TVA is a friend of mine. He's a, he's a great guy. Uh, we've worked. We've talked to some of them. Uh, most of our work's been more at the national level since CBA is a, a federal um, federal agency. Right. Uh, but we have had lots of unions. Like OPIU, several of the unions have said they they would help us. Uh, all of them, the, the uh, all of the building trade. I mean, all of the uh, labor council unions w- would help it anyway. I know that some of their members know for a fact that their members have have joined in that action network and sent letters to Congress and to the board. So we're real appreciative of that.
0: Uh, I I hate to cut you (laughs) off. We've got about 30 seconds left. So I'm going to let you carry us out. Can you tell us uh, what us and our listeners can do to help save these jobs? I can't hear you. Sorry. Okay. Well, uh, we're we're at a time for this segment, but if everybody could follow our page and uh, and um, it, we'll we'll give some instructions for listeners as to how they can help save these uh, American jobs. Thanks, Paul and Gay, for coming on. Uh, we'll see you after the break. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation, from the horrors of slavery to the depths of the great depression from the spread of fascism during world war II to the rise of jim crow we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good go to arminarmforclimate.org that's arm in arm the number 4 climate.org to learn more All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care,
1: and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the machinist unions, over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs in north alabama with some of the best retirement plans in the industry we can do the same for you together we remain united raising our voices to ensure justice on the job and service in the community the machinist union is a true southern union founded in atlanta in 1888 we've been serving members needs for 132 years the longevity of our union proves our dedication and loyalty to the working class The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, healthcare, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, call or email us today at 256-286-3704 or organize at iamaw 4
0: You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Storey and Jacob Morrison. I'm your host, Jacob Morrison, here with your co-host, David Storey. We just got done talking to uh, Gay Henson and Paul Sheeran from the IFPTE about what's happening at the TVA. If you want to learn more about that, you can go back and uh, watch the stream on YouTube. Um, we, uh, There's some really good information there. TVA is doing some really bad stuff. So if you want to learn more about how you can help, <clears throat> follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, but uh, first, uh, now that we're back from the break, I wanted to talk about um, some, some of the issues with police brutality and, and the police state surrounding the public health stuff that's going, around, uh, going on um, during this pandemic. Uh, we, we've all seen the videos from New York City with the NYPD uh, just being, I mean absurdly brutal with people for not wearing masks, um, you know, slamming people with children, just I, just just harassing the citizens in New York for not wearing masks or, or whatever it is that they're doing, not, not following, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly all the backstories, but we've all seen the videos. And uh, we've all looked at it in horror. You know, con, uh, there's a bu- bunch of conservative commentators that have been making, making hay out of that uh, but that's the only time they've ever cared about police brutality. They have not said a word about the overpolicing policing of uh, marginalized communities in the past. They've not said a word about the brutality of the drug war on communities. They've not said a word about the over-incarceration. None of that. So, you know, <clears throat> take their concern with a grain of salt. Um, but there is real reason to be concerned. And the horror from New York City uh, has come to Alabama. A Birmingham cop uh, has been seen body slamming a woman for entering a Walmart without a mask. Now she faces a myriad of charges that will no doubt cost a lot. Of taxpayer dollars in the trial, in the incarceration of this woman. She was charged with, you know, disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and, and I think she had some marijuana on her or something, which is, you know, like not a problem. No one should be <laughs> thrown in jail for having weed on them, but whatever. Uh, so, you know, this is j- just a trial. You got to think about paying for the utilities for the building. You got to think about paying time for the lawyers. You got to think about the materials. This is going to cost, this one incident will cost thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to taxpayers. And that raises the question why are our politicians making these public health measures? punitive? Why are they, uh, you know, using fines and prison sentences and stuff for not wearing a mask? And why aren't they just giving cops masks to hand to people that don't have them? Yeah, this needless, needless brutality uh, that the um, police state is throwing on people. it's, It's just there's no sense in it. It costs probably a dollar Fifty cents. I don't know how much a mask costs. You know, one of those cheap disposable ones. But it is infinitesimally small compared to the cost that that trials will face, that incarceration will uh, will be, and it just doesn't make sense. It does not make sense, and so I'm I'm just. Every time I see one of these videos, I just get livid with ra- rage at the waste of taxpayer dollars, the needless brutality that people are facing. It just it just makes me red in the face. But uh, uh, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And uh, um, the next story that we've got though is uh, there's some construction going on in in the valley, and uh, there there was an agreement made with uh, the people that. The construction is being done for to use union labor and to pay and for every contractor that they use to pay regional rates and they are violating this agreement. So, David, I want to I, I want to uh, cue you up and let you uh, talk about that.
1: Yeah, I don't know so much that it was a an agreement to use union labor, but there was an agreement uh, with with TVA that they would not uh that they would be paying good and we're we're back on TVA again but uh that they would be paying good regional wages to the people that are working on site so and this is kind of late breaking we didn't find out about this till last night late but uh I talked to brother Eddie Mitchell an iron worker uh, uh last night for for a good bit of time and apparently there's some uh some contractors that have been working on side at TVA and the way and it, it it's it's kind of complicated but I'll do my best to explain it easily the way it works is everybody that's going to work over at TVA should be getting a livable wage good benefits you know things like that and so what they've done is they've they've made an agreement with TVA that says, "Hey, if you're going to hire people, they're they're at least going to be able to support their family." Uh, and so the iron workers, of course, uh, excellent, excellent wages, good pensions, good uh, retirements, good health care, and things like that. Uh, they're they're doing great. But then we've got this other company, and I'm not going to say the name on air, but they're coming in, uh, and they're they're getting paid. The company is getting paid the the amount of money to pay the workers a fair wage but yet they're shorting them so so basically what the company's doing is withholding some wages from for the workers that they would normally be getting and using that for profit uh, there's also been allegation that they're that during their during their uh, monday morning right after their monday morning safety meeting that they have that they have a uh, chapel after after the safety meeting and Uh, and then anybody that don't want to attend chapel, don't get promotions and things like that. And, uh, man, it's just, it's, it's bad enough, uh, in, in the economy that we're in, nobody really is getting paid what they're worth. Nobody's ever getting paid what they're worth. But the fact of the matter is that the employer is skimming off the top and not paying the, the hourly guys is out there performing the work every day, day in, day out. If it wasn't for those folks, nobody would be making any money. They're, he's skimming not just his cut, but their cut as well off the top. And and to boot, uh, you know, Brother Eddie was was trying to organize them, and he had several other cards signed to get into the iron workers so they could actually be getting decent wages, decent benefits. And the company come out and started threatening them. You know and it's, it's it, it you always hear on these uh conservative talk shows about the union thugs and the union thugs going around and threatening people, and the fact of the matter is we're out here trying to help people out and the company's threatening uh threatening the employees with with the, the retaliation if if they sign up so you know here we are once again the the tables is turned everybody's everybody's getting screwed uh, except for the business owner. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's a shame and, and I appreciate, you know, I think, uh, brother Eddie's out there listening on the, on the golf course this morning. I hope you're enjoying, uh, your tea times and, uh, everything's going well for you and we're going to do everything we can, uh, to keep, keep pushing to make sure everybody's got good wages.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned that they're paying below the regional rates, and I, I think I, it's just worth mentioning how much below. It's seven dollars an hour below yeah, yeah. the regional rates that they had agreed to pay their workers to take the work. Yeah, and,
1: that, and that's under investigation. Yeah. So you know, and that's the great thing about it is having these these watchdog unions in in the areas. They're they found out about it. They're mm-hmm. they've done an investigation and. Uh, you know, they're, they'll they'll those workers will get all that back pay back, which is a good thing. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it once again, you know, I pay dues, you pay dues. Right. All the ironworkers over there are paying dues, mm-hmm. and we're helping out the folks that aren't paying dues. And exactly. And, and 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 it's constant. You know, we set the rates around here. Wow. Yeah, uh, you know,
0: I just, I want to talk about that just a little bit. You know, you you, you mentioned, uh, you know, about the unions, they are, uh, they're setting the regional rates. The agreement that they signed with TVA, that goes for union and non-union labor. The labor movement works for all workers, no matter if you're in a union or not. And that just goes directly in the face of all the corporate propaganda that you hear about union thugs. It's just, it's ridiculous. We'll talk more after the break. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison.
1: The attorneys of Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs are proud to stand with organized labor and are proud to support the Valley Labor Report. It is what their firm is built on and they recognize how important unions are to the country. Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs are experienced attorneys who can help with your workplace injuries and disability claims. Whether you are a steel worker, coal miner, railroad worker, or machinist, we help all injured workers. Visit www.mtandj.com to find out more. Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs, Attorneys for Labor, Attorneys for Youth. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services from other law firms.
4: Public schools are critical to the success of communities and democracy. Now more than ever, our educators and school support staff are going above and beyond to support our students and families. We at the Alabama Education Association are proud to represent the hard-working employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love and dedication to Alabama's students. Please take care
0: and stay safe. Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation, from the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org. that's arm in arm, the number four, climate.org, to learn more. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on Patreon.com/slash/The Valley Labor Report. Again, that's Patreon.com/forward/slash/The Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. I am Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. Uh, this happened, uh, this next story happened a little bit over a week ago, uh, so th- this isn't quite current news, but I, w- I wanted to talk about it because I read it this week and it made me so mad. Um, there was about half a dozen Alabama lawmakers uh, from the State House that decided to go on a, an unprompted. Um, Fact-finding mission is what they called it. And they stormed the Alabama Department of Labor. And, you know, ostensibly they were like concerned about their um, constituents that were not receiving their unemployment benefits that they were supposed to be getting. And so they wanted to go in here and see what's happening in this government bureaucracy. All these lazy public employees not working for Alabamians that's what they wanted to go in and find that's what of course that's what they wanted to go in and the, find they hate they hate public institutions and the, and they want you know they want more than anything to to be able to tear them down but anyway what they found was a building full of dedicated public servants getting more work done faster than at any time in the history of the agency with a third of the staff that it had Ten years ago, a third of the staff, they have, done, they, have fa- uh, they have sent out more payments in the last two months. The Alabama Department of Labor, the, pu- the, the good public servants down at the Alabama Department of Labor have sent out more uh, payments for unemployment claims in the last two months with 80 employees than they have in the last several years. And this is with a third of the staff. That it had in 2010. In 2010, it had 240 employees. Now they have 80. They're doing more work than they ever have in the history of of the agency, faster with a third of the staff. Steve Bannon, a lot of folks have forgotten about him, but Steve Bannon said that the goal of the Trump administration is the dismantling of the administrative state. This is the administrative state, folks. The administrative state is public servants making sure that citizens that are, that our constituents i'm i'm a federal employee i'm a public servant we the uh, we are the administrative state and we are making sure that our uh, constituents the citizens of this great state and this country are taken care of uh, one lawmaker said that the issues outnumber the successes, but that's obviously not true. More than 84% of those who have filed for unemployment in Alabama have already begun receiving payments. And this is the grift. Cut funding for public agencies, cut wages for workers, lay off workers, cut staff, and then... Complain about how the public sector is slow, how we need to privatize it, how we need to outsource it, like they're talking about doing at the TVA, and make billionaires more money. Speaking of the TVA, the TVA had 50,000 workers in 1981, and now it has 12,000. Was there four times the amount of work to do in 1981? Unlikely. This is, this is the whole grip. They purposely... These politicians in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, they purposely destroy public institutions and then turn around and complain about how these public institutions are not working for the constituents and then start drawing up plans to privatize them to cut uh, to to uh, give the work to these foreign companies and make billionaires more money. It's sickening. It's It's never ending it is never ending and you know it
1: it, comes, it all goes back to the same thing uh, let's let and i get it they want to streamline everybody wants to streamline these days we want to save as much money as we can we don't want the, you know the tax taxpayers to bear the burden of you know of a unneeded government so yeah we get that but the the point is all of these services are, are the services that people need right now you know, as right. far as like unemployment and things like that, they've been gutting them mm-hmm. for, from day one and, and and trimming and trimming and trimming. And then they turn around and complain that they're not effective. Yeah. You know, we, you got a fourth of the workers that you had 20 yeah. years ago and, right. and you're going to complain about them not being effective. What's going on with that?
0: Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, it's insane. It's like. It's like me shooting myself in the foot and complaining that I'm not able to run a marathon anymore,
1: yeah and 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 another good question is every time we streamline one of these services, every time we cut workers, put them on the employment line, have you got have you seen a a, a tax a tax uh, decrease that you're paying? Right. Nobody's ever seen a tax decrease. You know, well, let me take that back because as soon as Trump got in office, you know, he cut cut the taxes for for the billionaires basically, uh, but Gave none us of the a work bit and, of scraps. Yeah, well, what it, what he done was shift it mm-hmm. to the point to where okay, you you'll get an extra ten to twenty dollars a week in your paycheck, but you'll take less home or you'll get uh, less on your uh, income tax. Re- refund at the end of the year, so it, we didn't get anything out of that. He just shifted it from the tax refund to your paycheck every week. So it was it was a net zero. Uh, so yeah, we're not with none of the workers, none of the people, the blue collar guys out here and gals that are making this country run are ever seeing any benefit from stripping the 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 administrative sector of the of the government. Well, down. you know,
0: you mentioned uh, you know not seeing. Um, not seeing like a, a reduction in taxes, they uh, along with their the argument is that it's going to reduce your taxes, obviously, and that almost never happens. But another argument is that it's going to make it better. You know, somehow, if we cut, if we lay off uh, two-thirds of this public institution, if we lay off the two-thirds of the workers, if we cut their salaries, then somehow it's going to be better and more efficient, and the yeah. workers will, will, will work harder. And th- name me one time, yeah. once, that this has ever made a federal agency or any public institution work better yep. for our constituents.
1: If, if anybody that's had health care, anybody that has health care insurance has prescription insurance. Everyone knows the, the, the hoops that you have to jump through consistently. I, for my wife alone in the past year and a half, uh, the, 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 Prescription insurance company has forced her off of the prescription that they actually uh, recommended three months before and told her to go to a cheaper one and go to a cheaper one. And we're constantly on the phone fighting with this privatized prescription insurance company. And, and I hear it every day from people that are fighting with their health care yep. insurance. Can you imagine what what everybody that's unemployed right now would have to be doing to get their unemployment benefits if that was privatized? It is, yeah. I mean, it's a constant hassle because the, the private industry are in there to make a dollar. That's right. as simple as that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. Um, you know, and it's, you know, speaking of unemployed, uh, unemployed folks having to, having to get health insurance, you know, the, the Democrats with their just terrible, terrible uh, new relief package, they're trying to uh, expand subsidies for COBRA instead of just expanding Medicaid. Because, I mean, it's insane. Cobra is so much more expensive than expanding Medicaid or Medicare for people that are unemployed that don't have employer-sponsored health insurance right now. And the Democrats are trying to increase subsidies to this private uh, private corporation, billionaires making all, all just buku bucks instead of expanding and improving, uh, proven to work and proven to work well public institutions like Medicaid and Medicare. Yeah. They just don't want any, because if you do that, then after this is over, people with uh, the newly expanded and improved Medicare or Medicaid would be like, oh, well, why don't we have this all the time instead of throwing our tax dollars into the pockets of billionaires? Why, Why don't we do this all the time instead of just during a crisis? And that would be a real problem for their donors in the Republican and the Democratic parties.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, that's, and I think that's something where everybody, you know, we, we talk about uh, conservatives and liberals, and, and uh, I think that's something where we can both get on board, that big pharma's in the pocket of, of, uh, of not just the Republicans, but the Democrats as well, and they're propping it up every chance they get. And, and you know, that's something that we need to come together and fight. Yep. Uh, and, and put put our petty differences aside and win where we can win. Uh, well, against we still government.
0: We still can't import uh, the extremely cheap drugs from Canada, and why yep. can't we import drugs from Canada? Because Democrats voted it down. You know, like there was there was actually a strong bipartisan coalition to be able to import drugs from Canada that are so much cheaper, and um uh Democrats voted it down. You know, uh, of course, more Republicans voted against it than Democrats, but Democrats are supposed to be the party of working people, and they couldn't they couldn't whip their caucus to vote for it. And, I mean, oh, man, it, it just drives me up the wall.
1: Well, it's, it's just one more example of where we need to come together, not just Democrats, not Republicans, not conservatives, not liberals. We need to start fighting together and quit fighting each other and right. get some of this stuff done.
0: Yeah. We'll talk more after the break. This is the Valley Labor Report.
1: The attorneys of Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs are proud to stand with organized labor and are proud to support the Valley Labor Report. It is what their firm is built on, and they recognize how important unions are to the country. Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs are experienced attorneys who can help with your workplace injuries and disability claims. Whether you are a steel worker, coal miner, railroad worker, or machinist, we help all injured workers. Visit www.mtandj.com to find out more. Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs, attorneys for labor, attorneys for you. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services from other law firms. Hometown action is concerned, Alabama's small towns and rural communities increasingly are coming under attack by corporate interests that run local shops out of businesses, shutter our rural hospitals, and pollute our rivers, providing only unstable poverty wage jobs with no health insurance. We know workers and local residents understand the best solution to local problems. Together, we can build the multiracial, working class power we need to take back our communities. Please join us online at www.hometownaction.org. Thanks for standing with workers supporting Valley Labor Talk.
4: Public schools are critical to the success of communities and democracy. Now more than ever, our educators and school support staff are going above and beyond to support our students and families. We at the Alabama Education Association are proud to represent the hardworking employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love and dedication to Alabama's students. Please take care and stay safe. The Valley Labor Report
0: is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. The attorneys of
1: Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs are proud to stand with organized labor and are proud to support the Valley Labor Report. It is what their firm is built on, and they recognize how important unions are to the country. Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs are experienced attorneys who can help with your workplace injuries and disability claims. Whether you are a steel worker, coal miner, railroad worker, or machinist, we help all injured workers. Visit www.mtj.com to find out more. Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs, attorneys for labor, attorneys for You. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services from other law firms.
0: David Story, my name is Jacob. Uh, we wanted to talk about the fact that there have been more than 200 strikes since March. And there have been, what, a dozen of those, you know, quote, reopen protests. But we never hear about the strikes. And the coverage of these astroturfed reopen campaigns is just ubiquitous. You cannot turn on the TV. You cannot open a news website without seeing uh, just this scores of folks flying Trump flags saying that, Bill Gates is going to murder your children or just some nonsense, and you never hear about the strikes that are going on. And, uh, you know, why is that? Why why is that that we never hear about workers asserting their power, asserting their rights to a safe workplace, asserting their rights to equitable wages? Why do we never hear about that?
1: It all goes back to the fact that everyone, everyone out there nowadays thinks that electoral politics is what's going to save the world. Yeah. You know, whether we can get uh, right wing, left wing, libertarian, liberal, conservative, moderate—all of these people are going to save you. And right. and and the media is—they they are making a killing off mm-hmm. of selling you this crap. Yeah, uh, yeah. When when the fact of the matter is, the only thing that's going to get your wages up and get government off your back is is getting decent benefits. Organizing together with us, with a union, your choice, pick one. There's a, there's hundreds of yeah. them out there. Pick one. Yeah. I promise you, they'll come to your work site and help you. Yeah. Right. The, the, the government's not going to help you. And that, that goes right. for liberals and conservatives. Conservatives constantly tout it. The mm-hmm. government isn't going to help you. Well, then what are you doing to help yourself? Because right. we've had numerous... Conservative presidents the last few <coughs> years. Nobody's seen any great pay increases. Mm-hmm. Nobody's seen any great increases in benefits.
0: Yeah, but what about workers that who join unions? Do they see good pay in, increases, David? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, I will tell you, I think they do. I think yeah. they really do. Well, union workers make some something on the order of like twenty to thirty percent more than non-union workers, and that you know, and you know when i saw this it surprised me and i am i'm very deep in the labor reporting world i'm i'm deep in the kind of you know lefty labor media ecosystem i read all kinds of uh, labor reporters lefty magazines stuff like that and even i had no idea that there have been 200 strikes across the united states since march and the reason that i didn't know about that much less anybody else listening is because they want to disempower us. They don't want us to think that we can save ourselves. They don't want us to think that working with our brothers and sisters will make our lives better. They want us, like David was saying, to rely on them. They want you to go to the polls and vote for this person or vote for that person or spend your whole afternoon knocking on doors for this candidate or that candidate. And I'm not knocking that. You know, I've done that before and I'll probably do that again. But but- That is not
1: working for us. That
0: is not working for anybody except for the, the rich billionaires. The best people that you can rely on to make your life better is yourself. And your fellow workers and that is what you need to take from the fact that there have been 200 strikes since march and there have been even more job actions and successful uh union campaigns like kickstarter recently only a few months ago uh elected a union uh, elected to have a union in their workplace and uh, since that happened, uh, Kickstarter, you know, during this pandemic, they, like many other companies, have announced layoffs, and uh, the rest of Kickstarter, the folks that did not join the union, uh, you know, they, they, the, the, the certain department unionized, and the other departments, they were laid off with like two weeks of severance and, and you know, a couple weeks of, of uh, health care. The union, for their, for their folks, they were able to secure four months of severance pay and six months of... Of healthcare,
1: you know, we were talking about this yesterday. We uh, kind of went back and forth about the benefits of being in a union, being with organized labor, and uh, and and you and I said I could go on for hours, and you said, "Is yeah. that it just just hours?" <laughs> and I was like, "You know, here's the thing, and and it's something that we've really been pushing the last year, and I think uh, it's a great game changer. Is how much how many people send their kids to college?" You know these days, or, or how many people would like to go back to college? And uh, you know, organized labor right now has a one hundred percent free college benefit that mm-hmm. pays full tuition, full full books, the full cost of books, the entire you know the nine the whole nine yards. You don't you don't even have to pay to register. Right. It is one hundred percent free to to send you, your wife, your your children, or even your grandchildren. To college, if if you're a union member, that is a game changer for people's lives, and that's something that nobody wants to talk about. Everybody wants to to draw you in and get you to pay. What 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 did what did it cost for you to go to UAH for for your for your tenure?
0: It would have cost about fifty thousand dollars. I had a tuition scholarship, but that's how yeah. much it would have cost. Yeah, yeah. so fifty grand. Uh, yeah,
1: that's a life changer for most people. Yeah. That's something that no they kidding. will not have to. And, and if you talk to people. Out in the real world, most of them are 30 and 40 years old and still making payments on their student loans. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about having to pay a few dollars a month in dues and being able to put you, your children, and your grandchildren through college
0: for free? Yeah, it's you know companies. Every time there's a union drive, they always fearmonger about your dues. They're like, "Oh, well, if you didn't pay dues all year, you could have afforded a PlayStation." Yeah, yeah <laughs> Delta, Delta right? Delta Delta For a, for a whole year of, of not being yeah. represented, you could have traded a whole year of representation in for a PlayStation or just some some nonsense or something. And you know, when when you actually look at the benefits, you look at the increased wages, the increased benefits, all the safety aspects. the safety. Uh, aspect. the safety, the safety Aspect is ignored
1: a lot of times.
0: Uh, the college tuition that a lot of unions offer, uh, you know, it's a, there's just you know, pay your dues, man. Pay your dues. Join, you know, join a union. Pay your dues, and and it's it's just a no brainer. Anybody that you know,
1: not to mention you're dealing with something that's bigger than you, right? You know, and that's something that a lot of people right now uh, would really you you see people yearning for constantly. You know, we go to church. Uh, and and we're, we're involved in something that's bigger than us. We, you know, something that we can pass down from generation to generation and, and having that sisterhood and brotherhood out there, something that's bigger than us, something that will carry on for generations. And, you know, I said it last week, uh, the, the, my, my grandfather's best friend got me in the union whenever I was a kid. And that has literally changed my life and my children's life for the better because, uh, it, the, the, the pay difference is, is unequal. It's not even comparable. Right. So yeah, uh, just think of, think about the change that you will make in, in, in your next, in the next generation's lives by being involved.
0: Yep. Um, unemployment, Right now is likely above 20 percent, with more than 36 million jobs lost so far, and it's just really it's really important to recognize that this was a choice that was made. It did not have to be like this. We could have, and I'm not talking about, you know, we didn't have to go on lockdown or we didn't have to uh, encourage businesses to close temporarily. That was something that needed to happen, absolutely, but. The unemployment did not have to happen, and the the reason that it happened is because Congress um, decided to put a lot of the funds to go to people into this unemployment stimulus instead of completely funding the um, small business protection program or the paycheck protection program at at its. Full rate. Because what other countries in Europe and in Scandinavia have done is they have basically, they've got a system where the government is funneling money to companies to keep people on payroll at like, you know, 80 or 90 percent, or in some cases, I think it's 100 percent of their wages, so that the jobs remain there, so that people are not unemployed because, and the reason that that is so much better is because you're basically like freezing the economy in amber, right? You're freezing these jobs. Everybody still has their jobs. Um, In America, it would be even more beneficial because everybody would still have their health care In other places, you know, everybody's covered by the, whatever the government system is and and it's a lot better, but, but here everybody's mostly on employer sponsored health care. And so we would maintain our health care and and but but what's happened now is we've got 36 million jobs that have been lost and there's no guarantee that employers will hire these people back and i am legitimately worried about the economic um the, the economic ramifications of this because like this isn't happening in other countries this unemployment thing this is an American phenomenon um, and and it's it's genuinely worrying uh, because you've got this enormous pool of surplus labor and you're gonna have people uh, competing for jobs and driving and and driving down wages and and everything and not, if they don't stand together and organize and say you know I'm not gonna work for less than I'm worth because my brother and I my, my brother and my sister and I are, are more valuable than that but it's genuinely worrying and it's it's incredibly important to know that this was this was not this didn't have to happen this was not a fact of nature that unemployment would just happen when we went on lockdown that that's not happening anywhere else or, or in a lot of other countries and it didn't have to happen here but our politicians in dc democrats and republicans Chose for this to happen because when they funded the unemployment insurance like they did, they sent a signal to employers that it would be okay to lay people off because they'd be taken care of. Yep. And it, that was not a good signal to send.
1: Yep. I don't think it was thought thought through very well. I know, and I'm you know, and it's easy to, hindsight twenty twenty. You know, it's always easy to look back a month on this thing and say, well we 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 messed this up. And I and I recognize they were trying to rush this through, but. Uh, you know, you had even uh, early on the calls from the conservatives saying, uh, "Look at what the Democrats is dragging this out." The Democrats is dragging this out, and in all fairness, they were trying to put together a decent package uh, for for the people. And I, I just don't think we had the the for, They had the foresight to think about increasing that unemployment, and it and yeah, it, it's really it's going to be bad over the yes. next year.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about that. But the the net, and I talked about this in the opening, the the USA Freedom Act. Like, uh, if there was ever
4: if yeah, there was ever freedom. a proper
0: use for the term Orwellian, this is it. Um, but uh, that passed, and that's part of a reauthorization of the Patriot Act, which is you know this Orwell is is just coming up all the time. Um, that passed without an internet surveillance ban. And so there was an amendment to this bill that would say that, okay, you know, the government can only spy on your internet history if they have a warrant, right? And that was, like, that's such a... It's common sense. Yeah, like, why should the internet be able to spy on my internet history without a warrant? And um, that amendment failed, and it passed by... uh, 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 And the Freedom Act passed. The amendment failed by one vote. Bernie Sanders did not vote, and both of Alabama's senators voted against this bill. Yeah. Doug Jones and Richard Shelby both believe that the government should have the right to your – internet, unrestricted to your internet history without a warrant, what and mean, that is as un-American as I've ever heard, and they ought to get an earful for it.
1: Yeah, we need to talk about this more on the next side.
0: All right. This is the Valley Labor Report. We'll be back in a minute. Uh, You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison.
1: The attorneys of Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs are proud to stand with organized labor and are proud to support the Valley Labor Report. It is what their firm is built on, and they recognize how important unions are to the country. Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs are experienced attorneys who can help with your workplace injuries and disability claims. Whether you are a steel worker, coal miner, railroad worker, or machinist, We help all injured workers. Visit www.mtandj.com to find out more. Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs, attorneys for labor, attorneys for you. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services from other law firms.
0: The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash thevalleylaborreport to support our work and keep us on the air. Hometown Action is pleased to support the launch of the Valley Labor Report because they know that myself and David support their values. They're a power building collective of small town, rural and working class Alabamians fighting to build inclusive and sustainable communities where all residents can thrive. They invite you to find out more about them online by visiting their website www.hometownaction.org and on social media. Please join them in advocating for a stronger labor movement in Alabama the american federation of government employees afge local 1858 believes all workers are entitled to fairness dignity and respect afge also knows that the best way to guarantee proper treatment is for workers to stand together united looking out for each other in afge we fight for workers every day to ensure a workplace that is safe and free from harassment if you're a federal employee and want to be a part of this union, to protect yourself and your fellow workers, call 256-876-4880.
1: The attorneys of Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs are proud to stand with organized labor and are proud to support the Valley Labor Report. It is what their firm is built on, and they recognize how important unions are to the country. Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs are experienced attorneys who can help with your workplace injuries and disability claims. Whether you are a steel worker, coal miner, railroad worker, or machinist, we help all injured workers. Visit www.mtandj.com to find out more. Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs, attorneys for labor. Attorneys for you. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services from other law firms.
0: Welcome back to the Valley Labor Report with your hosts, David Story and Jacob Morrison. My name is Jacob. When we left off, we were talking about how the USA Freedom Act. I just, I can't say that name without getting, getting curious. The Freedom Um, Act. The Freedom Act passed without an internet surveillance ban. Thank God. Thank God.
1: Government is protecting our freedoms. thank the Lord. yes, thank
0: goodness. yeah and and how both of Alabama's senators, Richard Shelby and Doug Jones voted against an amendment that would have required the government to get a warrant to spy on your computer. what
1: all of these conservatives talking about small limited government, government. Yeah. We, and, and here we are, man, let's let, and what's going on? What is going on out there? You know, and and the house—it's going. Thank God, it's got a chance to go back to the house. That gives everybody just a little bit more time. Well, I mean, I know you—it's it's hard to believe, but it gives everybody a little bit more time to reach out to your house of representative and tell them do not support this bill. Yeah. It's this has been going on since nine eleven, yeah, and, and it's just an overreach yes. of big government.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's worth mentioning that. All of this government overreach, all of this warrantless surveillance on American citizens is the, is, is the result of the aftermath of 9-11, where 3,000 Americans died in a terrorist attack. And we're looking at um, – and, and it was a bipartisan thing, this infringement on our freedoms – um, that has been now two decades in the making and unrelenting and continuously growing and snaking into our lives deeper and deeper and deeper ever since nine eleven, 11 And, uh, you know, the same folks who led the charge against our freedoms are now complaining that they can't get a haircut.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is a perfect example of where one of those other issues to where if we would quit calling people liberals and quit calling people conservatives and quit throwing mud from each side, if we, if and I'm not talking about politicians, I'm talking about us, workers. Right. If we would quit this divisiveness and come together on issues right. that we can come together on, we could get these things done.
0: Exactly. You talk to any just normal average worker and ask them, if, uh, you know, do you reckon the government should be able to spy on you without a warrant?
2: They'd say no.
4: Yeah.
1: Who who no. in their right mind is, is, who sitting at their computer or their phone right now thinks that the FBI should be able to yeah. ex- watch what you are doing right now and without you know, any, any oversight whatsoever?
0: Right. And I've heard people like, oh, well, if you're not hiding anything, then what's the big deal? And it's like, man good lord like you know i don't have to justify myself to say that uh, you know to defend my right to freedom and privacy and um
1: yeah. and, and you know that's, that's fascist that's fascism yeah. in its face if you're not hiding anything what's the big deal that right. sounds exactly like nazi germany show me your papers if you yeah. hadn't got anything to hide then you shouldn't have a problem showing me your papers
0: and this is the problem with you know, the way that our government is set up is that almost no one supports this limitless, warrantless surveillance on people, but almost every politician supports it in both parties. It's just, it's a bipartisan, this is just the DC consensus and no one questions it. And, uh, you know, these big uh, these big defense contractors are making a killing on it. Uh, CEOs are making millions of dollars, and they're donating to Democrat and Republican campaigns, and it's just, it's just a mess.
1: And it's- you're not going to hear this kind of talk on a conservative talk radio show. You're not going to hear this kind of talk on liberal media. No, nope. You're going to hear this talk on worker radio, the ones where we come together and fight against not left, not right, but the entire system in general.
0: Uh the last, the last thing that, that I wanted to talk about, I wanted to end the show with this because um, it, it just, you know, I don't know, everything that we've talked about has made me really mad. But um, <laughs> during this pandemic, uh, during this crisis, the wealthy are getting more wealthy while the poor struggle. And I want to juxtapose that reality with this reality. And this is the most illuminating question that I ever have heard regarding workers' importance and power in the workplace. If the boss left tomorrow, could the company still function? Now, think about, answer that for yourself. And now think about what if all of the workers left? Answer that for yourself. No matter the company, no matter the industry, the answers are almost invariably the same, and in this order, yes and no. If the boss left tomorrow, the company would be fine. If all the workers left tomorrow, the company would be in ruins. And yet, with that reality, Kroger's CEO is getting a 20% pay raise while they cut the hazard pay program. Elon Musk got a $700 million bonus while he carries out layoffs and pay cuts. Former AT&T CEO Randall Stevenson has a severance package that includes a lifelong $275,000 salary per month while he's been laying off employees since the Trump tax bill went into effect. Bezos looks to be the world's first trillionaire while his employees worldwide toil underpaid in unsafe conditions. It's insane. Yeah. If there's if there's one
1: thing, if there's anything, the same thing that we're going to continue saying on this radio show every Saturday, brothers and sisters, if you're listening to me, we've got to organize. We have got to come together. If you're going to see any substantial gains. We have got to come together.
0: Yeah, and that, that's, that's, that's the moral of the show. That's the moral of the story. If, uh, if you want things to be better, don't put your trust in politicians. don't put your trust in the media. put yourself, put your trust in yourself and your fellow workers. That's going to wrap up our show today. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, If you want to keep up with us throughout the week, you can follow us online. We've got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Valley Labor Report. You can search us on YouTube at The Valley Labor Report. We clip all the segments so you can uh, watch them throughout the week, uh, maybe in a more digestible fashion. We're on Twitter at Labor Reporters. I'm on Twitter at Jacob M underscore AL. David is on Twitter at Radical Unionist, R-A-D-I-C-L, Unionist. Uh, And if you appreciate our work and want to ensure that we can stay on the air, uh, like those ads say that I recorded a while ago, consider supporting us with a monthly donation on Patreon at patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Uh, We're really excited to be able to bring this perspective to you every week. We're really excited to be able to bring the guests that we are able to bring on Next week, we've got a really exciting guest, uh, the IWW's Freelance Journalist Union. Some of those folks are going to be talking to us about how they secured $150,000 in unpaid invoices for their members. Uh, So, you know, uh, I I reckon that we're doing some good work. And if you believe the same thing, then consider supporting us on Patreon.com slash The Valley Labor Report. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Yep. We love you.